Hello, hello. Zade here with another episode of Drama Quest. Today we are joined by Q Loss from Druzzle Row. You might know him from his time as an officer and eventually guild leader for the guild Realm of Insanity. He also led uh, another guild on the TLP server, Rage Fire, called Reign of Insanity. And perhaps most importantly of all, he was one time an officer in Faceless Insanity. Uh, Kilos, tossing it to you. Thank you so much for having me, Zane. I'm really excited about this. Um, once I heard Corkins, I knew I had to come on and be better than him, like always. So <laughs> I'm excited for this tonight. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah. No, I heard you had to come set the record straight. Yeah, absolutely. Corkin told many not truths, which I'm excited to get into correcting today. Uh, but no, I first and foremost, I'm all of the Corkin. Uh, he, he's my dude, and uh, you know those years battling triality were were really fun, uh, really interesting. I think they each guild kind of got us to up our games, and you know that was an exciting time in EverQuest. So I'm, I'm ready to dig into it. Awesome. Hey, so before we, we you know, normally we, we do this chronologically, but since we were already talking about Corkin, what was it like? dealing with Corkin as a competitor versus dealing with him as an ally in the guild? So I think the biggest difference is as competitors, I really didn't interact with Corkin uh, much at all. Um, you know, he was kind of doing his thing and triality to kind of be their best. I was doing my thing over here. So our interaction was very limited. Um, it really wasn't until after we kind of stopped competing to where triality was, you know, no longer rating that's really kind of when we connected and, and really kind of hit it off. And then the whole time I was thinking, as we first started talking, like, damn, like if we had just talked years ago, we probably would have been friends this whole time. But, you know, it really took just that competition ending for us to, to really meet and, and hit it off and, and click. And, you know, I'm glad I did because you know, he's, he's such a good dude. And, you know, I'm looking forward to our continued friendship, even after we no longer play in the pixel world together. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's, it's hard to look past the competition sometimes. And, and you know what I mean? You have to stay hard when you're trying to beat someone. You can't afford to always be friends with them, right? Um, yeah, for so, sure. I mean, you can't, uh, even though they're friends, you know, at the end of the day, like if you play sports or whatever, at the end of the game, you shake hands. But unfortunately for EverQuest, there is no end of the game. You never shake hands until you decimate everybody else around you. So, right. Uh, yeah, you know, like it's it's funny because like you might, um, you, you win an expansion race, you say something friendly to somebody, and then six months later, you see a screenshot of what you said or something somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah, you had to be careful because everything yeah. was recorded. Everything was screenshotted. Uh, but, yeah, I've you done know. things where like I've endorsed a guild. I've been like, yeah, this is like my favorite, one of my favorite guilds. I think they're super great. And then like two years later, they're competing with my guild and they're posting my screenshot endorsing them. And I'm like, God damn it. Like, that's what I get for saying something nice. That's, you know, you've, you fucked up. Here you go. You know. All right, so uh, can you tell us how you found out about EQ? How were you introduced to the game? Well, it's actually kind of crazy. I was introduced very young. I want to say it was sixth grade, and how I found the game. Um, so after school got out, I would walk to my aunt's house, which was down the street, until my mom could pick me up or whatever. And then her and her husband at the time were playing EverQuest. And I was like, what is this thing? And it kind of reminded me like Final Fantasy, and I was kind of really into like RPGs at the time. And they were like, yeah, cool. And they let me make a little druid on there. And I started my account and, you know, just kind of loved it. I fell in love with it. And then uh, for Christmas, or maybe it was my birthday, I forget exactly when, but they got me my own account. And they got my mom an account. And we just kind of all played as like a little family. And it was actually pretty cool. Oh, uh, yeah. So just came up from school one day and saw it on a computer screen and wanted to check it out. And that's how I got wow. introduced to the world of Norath. So what did uh, what did the family play? What was your trio? 
so I originally was a druid. Um, and then I was really good at like the EC tunnel stuff where, you know, you would like go and like sit around and find deals. And that was like my jam is going there and making money. And then doing that, I was like, I'm going to twink a monk out, like just for fun. And then once nice. I had them all twinked, I, I just fell in love with the monk and that kind of became ever and forever after that. So, and then my, my mother actually played a shaman and my aunt played a bard. And then we kind of dominated. I don't know if you remember those own umbral planes. They had these like, uh, mobs that dropped these bracers that had like plus 15 wisdom and stuff and like everybody wanted them and yeah like my, yeah my aunt literally would like call us at two in the morning hey zone pack is up and then we would go kill it and it was just like for like six months we had every single zone pack and twin kill in there it was insane that's uh, crazy were you guys also doing that um <laughs> was it rumble crush is that the dude who's over by vt's online so rumble crush was a little hard for us to trio so we didn't do mm. him we just went after the bracer guys which was uh the morthok and then there was a uh, one in the cave that dropped bracers so yeah we kind of went after those nice that's awesome yeah so uh you were big in in the luckland era did you i guess you would go to the bazaar and like buy low sell high that kind of stuff yeah that's so that's basically all i did back in the day was the buy low sell high stuff and just clink out my monk uh but that was kind of like what was fun for me because I didn't really like we don't really want raiding or anything. We were just kind of this playing as a family at that time. So that's kind of like what we did for fun and hanging out is just doing that. Were you guys in a guild at all? We were in a guild. It was called Shadow Congress. It was just a little family guild. Um, I still talk to some people from that guild from today. Um, you know, that's the cool thing about games like this is you really do make friendships with it. Uh, but yeah, no, I, that was a little family guild we were in and. You know, we we tried to rate here or there, but it was nothing serious like um, I did later on. So, uh, really, before we even go any further, Ixar or human? Uh, so, truthfully, I've always been a human, but my yeah. latest monk is changed to Ixar because I wanted the AC. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see the min-max perspective, but human monks just look so good. When you put that Robe of the Azure Sky on them, the drip is amazing. I think we can all agree, just not Draken. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm ashamed to say that my uh, my warrior right now is a draken. Oh God! What are you doing? I always uh, it, it's rage bait. I always change to the dumbest race possible whenever it comes out. <laughs> well, halfling is probably the dumbest race, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, what was the first raid that you actually did when you when you finally broke into raiding? Like with Raylan Sane, or you mean like ever? Ever. So I was the raid leader for Shadow Congress when we started doing uh, Planes of Power. So the first raid I ever actually led was in Plane of Disease, and it was uh, Grumus. And it was kind of fun. Really, That's really where my love for raiding probably started, was actually leading all those. And then we we progressed through Grumus all the way to Plane of Time, um, which was really cool. I had a really fun time doing that. And now, when you did that, what era was EverQuest in? Oh, we were it was way past the current. We were super behind. Uh, it was like it was super casual, and uh, you know, it's like raiding once a week for two hours kind of thing. Uh, you know, it wasn't mm -hmm. like uh, we weren't really tryhards either at that time. It was just kind of doing it because it was fun more than it was. Yeah, no, like, definitely edgy or whatever. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, my first raid ever was Runny Eye. <laughs> like my guild <laughs> met up, and we all went into Runny Eye, and it, it was a chaotic clusterfuck, and everyone like died somehow in this newbie zone. Does so, that really count, though? I guess if you all were dying, I guess it counts. It's real to me. <laughs> That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was also nine years old, so. <laughs> yeah. Then it counts. Yeah. Um, okay, so 
you did that and you did you basically just do kind of like minor relatively casual rating all the way up until uh you got in with roi so i want to say after shadow congress kind of faded out uh we joined a, a guild called i think it was seafon or seafins i don't know everyone called it a little differently but they were a little more try hard um at the time they were like one or two expansions behind. Um, I forget the name of the expansion, but it was the one where like you went back in time and like there was new Quenos or whatever. And there was that Fippy raid in the tunnel. Like we were farming underfoot. that raid. No, no, way before Underfoot. Well, it was, um, oh dang, what was the name of the raid? It was like New Black Burrow or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. No, I, I mean, New Black Burrow is in Seeds of Destruction, right? Yeah, I think it was yes, it was Seasons Destruction. Oh yeah, well that's I guess that's one year before Underfoot on like live, right? Yeah, so that's right before I joined ROI. That was I was in CFN, and then um, they actually how ROI even came to the server is they decided to not allow them to be TLP anymore and force them to be a live server, and they actually merged Combine into Josaro. Um, and so that's how they kind of came to our servers, you know, happenstance and luck. You know, it was just dumb luck that they came here. Now, was there, who, who was the top guild before ROI arrived just on the server? Uh, they were called Pravis Mortis and they were terrible and I hate them. <laughs> Why'd you hate them? Oh, cause they thought they were good, but they really weren't. Um, so, you know, they were super mad when ROI came on it scene because they knew they no longer were even close to being the top guild and i i think i want to say uh the first time i even posted anything on the roi forums it was something like i'm so glad roi is finally here so our server can have a real rating guild instead of this piece of shit private mortis so i said something Damn. like that on the forums my my first post ever on the roi forums was talking shit about them so i did not like them at all but you know yeah. whatever you know, ROI probably love that <laughs> i'm sure they memed it quite a bit yes <laughs> Now, uh, does Pravis Mortis still exist? I doubt it. I don't think so. I mean, there might be one or two people running around with that tag, but I'm, I doubt it. I guess that's kind of like a, a live server thing. Like, kills just exist with like five or ten people and go on for years, kind of like doing nothing, right? Yeah, this guild hall guilds at this point, or, you know, yeah. I just keep as, my all in this guild. As a TLP guy, that that's so foreign to me. You know what I mean? Like, every guild on TLP is a raid guild, pretty much. Oh, yeah. See, that's... I only did TLP for for one uh, one expansion, so I, I'm, that's foreign to me. The guild's not being around forever, I guess. Yeah. All right. So I guess we'll we'll go right there to that SOD timeline when uh, ROI comes over. You do you apply right away or do you wait a, a little bit? No, we actually. So at the time, I had a, a really good friend. His name was Karyath, um, and he was a rogue and he was badass and. Um, so carry out the me kind of were carrying the DPS of Sigafon, which and I'm not trying to like brag or nothing, but you know it was a tryhard guild, and at the time they were really losing people, and it was really that time that whole era uh, guilds were just losing people, and I think that's just kind of like a common thing in the game is you lose more people than you get. Yep. Um. So when ROI came over, um, their recruiter was actually, his name is Gendani. He actually reached out to Karyath and he wanted Karyath so bad. And the funniest part of the whole thing is they really wanted nothing to do with me. But, you know, so, but Karyath was like, if, you know, if you want me to come over, you got to take, take him with me. Uh, so yeah. they ended, they ended up, you know, 
taking me because they wanted him. Um, and I just think that's like one of those those funny things where like if I didn't have him attached to me, they never would have let me out because at the time the other monks weren't very competitive compared to the rest of their DPS classes. Um, and monks really weren't uh, very good in general at that time either. So it's just one of those things where if it wasn't for him, I don't get into ROI. And, you know, so it's just, it's just kind of funny. Like all these little, you know, they come to the server just because they picked a random jewels role. I get accepted to ROI just because I was with Caria. So it's just all these little things that probably should have never happened, just continue to happen. And, you know, it's just, it's just crazy how it all ended up. Everything's just falling into place. Yeah, almost like it was fate. Right, almost like it. So what what was the application process like for them? How long were you like a recruit? Uh, so day one, you know, you post the app on the form and then they, they don't, at the time I joined, it was a little weird because they, they had a Ventrilo, but they wouldn't let apps in it. So me and Kareth were in our Ventrilo, like trying to figure out what the hell was going on. And it was crazy. Like, this is actually really funny. Our first raid with ROI, um, now again, at this point in time, they were farming like Discord Tower and stuff like that, right? Um, right. So they went back to Meldreth Mansion just to get some gear for all the apps they just got because they went on a huge recruit push and they probably had like six or seven apps that all started right at the same time. So they go to Meldreth Mansion and they spawn Breakneck. And the funniest thing, so Shenron, who's still actually with the guild, um, he decides to pop Glyph in seventh and just burns the absolute piss out of breakneck and it spawns so many ads that it overwhelms and wipes the whole guild on the first raid we ever did they wiped to breakneck and i remember carrieth and i talked and we were like did we make a mistake coming here this is ridiculous right. well these guys so, kind of suck <laughs> yeah i was like we could have did this shit and save we came here for this but yeah, after that event, uh, Gendani actually sat with both of us and was like, we're better than this, I promise. We're better than this, I promise. And so, you know, we ended up sticking it out. Um, but it, it was really funny how just awful that first raid was. But I think a lot of that was, you know, they did have like seven or eight new apps, but it, it was 100% Shaman's fault because he did burn Glyph in 7th on the one event you're not supposed to burn Glyph in 7th on. But. Right. Yeah, it's like you, you always have to respect the content a little bit. It's funny well, if you, because if you knew Shenron, you know he just kind of does what Shenron does, regardless right. of the content or regardless of anything. He he does his own thing, which is one of the things I love about him. Yeah, he's been he's been there almost the entire time, right? Was he originally from IV and then came into ROI, or was he like ROI Classic Combine? So I want to say he was ROI Classic. Um, there was not there's not many people in ROI the last time i played that were in the guild longer than i was and he was one of those people so when i apped he was already there and there was only a few few people left so he he was pre-me but i believe he was a, a combine person yeah yeah that that guy's like part of the the bedrock of that guild at this point yeah him and atvar and uh strangle i think those are the only ones that were before me i would say there might be one more and i apologize if i forgot about you please forgive me <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I know as as a as a guild leader and stuff, it really really sucks when you have a bunch of apps and you're like, okay, let this raid be like perfectly clean. You know what I mean? We'll we'll do split rates and stuff right now on mischief. And if we have like a bunch of apps, I'll I'll be like, okay, like let's put them with our best raid leader and like make sure that raid's a little bit stacked so they have like a, a good image of how things are here. Yeah, I think and it's crazy because the next night I think we did Discord Tower and it was like flawless. So it was just like. It was just like such a dumb thing that happened like on that first night. 
Um, but you know, you never know what's going to happen until you, you do it, you know? Yeah. So, um, you were there and how long was it before underfoot came out? So I want to say after we apped, it was a couple months and then, um, I became officer and then it was probably five or six months after that. And then underfoot came out. How did you become an officer so quickly? So it's actually, again, this is one of those things where just, you know, one in a million kind of, kind of things. So at the time they were looking for a raid leader. Um, and so me and a bunch, I assume a bunch of people applied. So I applied to be the raid leader and um, another person named Hatsy applied to be the raid leader. So they actually, Hatsy was an awesome ranger. He was a, a good person as well. Um, and so Hatsy actually got the raid leader gig, but Swag, who was the leader at the time, you know, sat me down and was like, you know, I don't think you'd be the best raid leader for us, but I think you'd be the best recruiter. And at the time I was like, I don't want to do that shit. I want to lead raids. But, you know, just, you know, shout out to Swag for for realizing, you know, just maybe that was the role I was meant to do was recruit, uh, you know, because that, you know, at that time I was like, well, if he's going to make me recruit, I'm going to be the best goddamn recruiter, you know, this game has ever seen. Um, and that kind of was my goal. And, you know, maybe I did a, a Maybe I came close to that goal or, you know, but, uh, no, it's crazy. It's just one of those things that, you know, I, I didn't want to be the recruiter. It was just kind of like, Hey, help the guild be a recruiter. And, you know, and that's kind of, you know, went out and recruited my ass off and, you know, went from there. Were they experiencing a lot of like a turnover with the old guard once they had kind of like finished combine and, and, you know, that seems like a part a, a point in time where a lot of people would be like, okay, I did my, my time and now it's good for me to drop. You know what I mean? Yeah, so from what I understand, right after they got into Juzero, a lot of them quit. Um, and that's yep. why they kind of, when I came in, so I missed the, hey, there were a live server now, we're pissed off, we didn't get to finish Tower on Combine. All of them quit. Not all of them, but a, a lot of people quit. So I missed all that. And then shortly after that, the influx of the Juzero people came to ROI and, and kind of fortified it from there. Yeah, there you go. And they came in hungry with that TLP mindset. Yeah, and I think that was one of the, the big things that uh, we had in Underfoot was that we weren't burnt out from SOD because everyone had that TLP mindset, whereas, you know, other guilds who have been farming Discord Tower for, because I think if I'm not mistaken, that was not a 12-month cycle. I think that was an 18-month cycle. Whoa. So they were really, like, burnt out on it uh, by the time Underfoot came around, whereas ROI was... You know, we just recruited all these people from CT. We just got a bunch of people from Township. You know, we're live now. So we're all hungry, ready to kick some ass, ready to prove ourselves. And, and you know, so that was a big edge we had is that we were never burnt out from Tower, which um, there was actually a really good guild called Dark Horizon. Um, and they got completely burnt out from Tower and so much to the point where they didn't even recruit for months. And, you know, we ended up getting a lot of people from Dark Horizon who ended up being really great players. So, Part of me always wondered, like, what if Dark Horizon had been recruited? You know, maybe they would have taken over and been the best skill. But you, know, you never really know. Uh, but that they, you know, they made the decision not to recruit, which you know was probably ultimately their demise. You, you basically can never stop recruiting. Yeah, that was always what I did. Uh, once I became a recruiter, I never stopped. Uh, we would have, you know, one of the things I like to do is never make too big of a bench. Uh, we always put more of an emphasis on attendance percent instead of number in the raid i guess so like i would always want to aim for like 65 people who go 80 percent rather than 
you would see other guilds who would go for 75, 80 people who go 60%. So for us, we wanted kind of more solidarity and familiarity. So we went with, you know, higher percentage rather than higher number. Now, was split rating just not a thing on live at that time? Uh, probably not for Underfoot, but for House of Thul, definitely split raid. Because uh, the Underfoot raids, there were a lot different when they first came out compared to what they are now. A lot of them were really bugged. Um, extremely challenging, but not really sure if it was challenging because it was actually challenging or challenging because half the mechanics were broken and not working. Right. So you really couldn't split in underfoot. But in House of Thol and beyond, yeah, split rating became something you could definitely do. Okay. Yeah, because I'm, I'm looking at kind of like, you know, I know TLPs are different, but like looking at what we're doing right now on Mischief in our guild, uh, we're in Secrets of Fade, where in like tonight's raid, we had three splits. And it's like three, four, five. It's like five or six groups per split. And we're trying to maintain that number as far as we can go. Like you, you basically never want to have a, a bench if you can avoid it, right? But I've heard a lot of live guilds are, you know, I guess it's like twenty years of attrition, right? Yeah, I think, um, you know, that'd be probably hard for a live guild right now because it's just, you know, I think there's what been like what twenty four expansions or something, you know. So when you get to the live game, it's a lot different than the TLP game for sure. Yeah. So. You became a recruiter, and I heard how effective you were because I've heard other other guilds kind of uh, whine about you. And I, Cork had talked about it a little bit when he was on, like you were poaching guys from Triality left and right. How were you able to to get these guys who were already in top guilds like CT, TR, Triality? How how did you get them to come over to to your side? Well, again, this is one of those things like it never should have happened. We were just some pissant guild that hadn't even been live, but somehow we were recruiting from crimson tempest who technically technically won discord tower yeah <laughs> they yeah. technically won that expansion uh, but for some reason you know um and i gotta get props to gandani because he really went after two of their best players uh one of them was a cleric named zaria who at the time a lot of people probably would have said she was the best cleric in the game and we also got um Sadavoch, who went also by infrared who a lot of, if you ask him, he would tell you he's the best bard in the game. So to get these like top people from the top guilds to be interested to come over to us, it, it was extremely challenging. And really, what our approach was is we just looked at the parses, um, you know. So we said, you know, show me your event four parse. I don't remember what event it was. So they would show us their event four parse from Discord Tower. We would show them our event four parse, and I'd be like, listen we did this with 48 people and we beat it six minutes faster than CT did. And then, so we just kind of broke down the numbers and we said, imagine if we had a full extra group, imagine if we had 54 people, imagine if we had this, 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 imagine if we weren't filling the raids with all these shitters who don't deserve to be here. And so just doing that is how we got people interested. Um, that's how we got people interested coming over in underfoot. Um, Cause you know, we really weren't anybody at that time. We were just some pissant guild. Um, so to, to get people really interested in us, we had to be creative. And so we knew we were going to be, be competitive because even though there is like a don't share parses kind of thing, everyone shared parses. Um, so we had Triali's parses. We had CT's parses. We had Township's parses, who was really good back then as well. And we knew we absolutely dominated them without full raids. And so just using data like that is how we kind of got top recruits from those skills to come over because um, – 
one, I also got, we got a lot of people from Township Rebellion to come over. We got, uh, at the time, who probably one of the top warriors in the game. He actually still plays. His name was Rune. Rune came over. Same thing. You know, we had one of the best clerics from Township was Clarissa. She still plays. She came over. So, it's like recruiting people from guilds who historically have been better than you, but we have actually nothing, was, was absolutely crazy unheard of. And just somehow we were able to put logic and math to it and just unrelenting, uh, just me being unrelenting to these people. I mean, you could ask anyone who's been recruited by me will know, like, I will literally watch you and just hound you for days and days and days and days and just hit you with data, hit you with facts and hit you with charm. I mean, whatever I got to do to get you to come over. Um, and then once you're over, you're hooked. So I feel like that's kind of um, what happened with us, but in reverse when, when I was trying to get you guys to come over to our team on Ragefire Lockjaw. Yeah, you know, I, we had a good time at Ragefire. And once the classic ended, you know, we were ready to, I was ready. And so, um, you know, we were reign of insanity and you guys were faceless uh, on that server. And uh, once classic ended, you know, I was just kind of like, whatever, I did classic. So I just wanted to find everyone who's, you know, came over with rain and, and all the people who we recruited while we were on rage fire um, to just have a good home. And then that's when we met you. And I think Dima at the time might've been the actual leader. And so we just worked out a merge and, you know, it ended up working really well for everybody. And then once the merge happened, I think I rated once or twice with you guys, one or two track announce. And then I kind of said, all right, I got all my guys in a good home and you know, I'm going to go back to focusing on live. And, and that's kind of what I did. So if you remember, Dima was the guy who first reached out to you to try to, to make it happen. But Dima was our competitor. He led the competition on Lockjaw. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. Oh, you're right. And we I got the that scoop now. that, you know, we could just tell he was like too excited for the server transfers. Cause remember they opened up like free server transfers uh, for like a two week period or something. And we could tell Demo was like really excited about it for some reason. And we were like, okay, which guild is he trying to poach over there? You know what I mean? And somehow or another, we figured out that it was you and in random insanity he was talking to. And so I slid, I slid in those DMS and um, I think the big thing, that got you to come with us at the time, if I remember correctly, was we were able to show like that they were using a lot of macro quests. Yeah, and I'm super anti macro quests. Um, you can ask the countless people over the years that I've removed personally from our realm of insanity for using macro quests, and I know to this day they still are very anti macro quests, and that's something I'm very proud of was um, making sure we you know do everything the right way, um, and I'm glad yeah. that you know that. It's something that they still do and always have done. So, yeah, it's, it's yeah, good. Now that you said that you are one hundred percent correct, Dima actually came to me first, but he was not you, and you pitched me to come to you. So you recruited me, man. That was great work, man. Great job. Just doing my best, you know, <laughs> trying to trying to get like you. Um, unfortunately, you know, like at the time we were a really clean guild, but unfortunately, man, both Ragefire and Lockjaw, as far as I know, became just basically cesspools of macro quests within within a year or two of of that time. The populations died down and everyone just mass boxed shit. And I think that was kind of the turnoff for me too, was that, you know, you, you just noticed that kind of thing. And also, you know, I could also tell my involvement on the TLP was kind of taking away from the live guild. And I just had to take, make the live guild my priority. So once we had a real good opportunity to merge and we took it, you know, that allowed me to really focus on what mattered, uh, which was the live guild. So I, I never really plan on being on Ragefire too long. I just wanted to check out Classic. So do you remember competing with uh, Twisted Legacy on Ragefire? 
Yeah, one of my good friends was in that guild. His name was Mike. And funny enough, Mike was actually, I don't know what his tune's name was. He's got way too many tunes. But Mike was actually in the realm of the at the time, competing with us in Twist Legion. So that made live raids really fun. That's what I was going to ask you about. Because there was a guy, I, I think he he, raised, he raided these for ROI now, or did for a while, uh, Astral. You know what I mean? I know he was in both guilds. And he oh, was an, yeah. I, I think he was an officer in Twisted Legacy. So it's like, how do you balance that? You know what I mean? Like, they're they're kind of pushing your shit in in open world rage fire. And then, like, on Wednesday, you're, like, raiding with them in ROI. So to complete fairness to Astral, he came to ROI after the rage fire stuff ended. And it was kind of funny. We always, like, made these, like, funny guild notes for, like, new members. And I made his note. Uh, I always hated his Earth Pet or something stupid like that. And no one ever knew what it was about. It was because he played a mage. And he would always attack our fucking finnies with his mage pets and always kill steal us. And only him and I really knew what that was all about. But I still made me crack up to this day. Yeah, he, he's a good guy. Yeah, I love Ashley. He, he's one of the good ones, for real. Yeah. Unfortunately, though, he plays a monk, which are absolutely terrible in the live game now. But, uh, you know, he, he's an outstanding guy. That's what I've heard. Don't tell TLPers that they'll, they'll cry because monks are good for like the first five years of TLP servers. They're like the best DPS. Yeah, and then it's all downhill from there. Yeah. So while we're on the topic of kind of like macro quests and stuff, what do you think? What do you think is going on at Dark Paw? Because it seems like every server, it it honestly gets worse. It gets more widespread, and it seems like there's just so little action taken against it. They'll do like a a, a suspension wave twice a year, but it does nothing, right? Like every six months, who fucking cares? You know, you hear whispers, uh, but, you know, no one ever knows the facts. Like, I know there was a, a big thing going around where they were, like, um, allowing it on some server if they banned it on other servers. But, you know, all that is conjecture, and you don't, you don't really know the facts. I know me personally, I always stayed away from it. And, uh, you know, if I caught anyone using it, you know, I'd no longer allow them to be to be part of our guild. Um, but I hate it personally. The game is not hard enough to really need these tools. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it just kind of cheapens stuff when you have to cheat. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, it does. All right, so um, you guys are going into to underfoot right for the first time, and you're an officer by then. What is it like doing those raids? Did you guys get to do them in beta at all? So beta back then was a lot different than it is now. Um, when you do beta now, they open all the raids. They post the strats on the beta forums. They, I mean, you have everything from A to B figured out. You can raid there for eight days, seven days a week if you want to. Uh, you know, so they, there's resets. You, know, you go to the plane of knowledge and reset your timers. So beta back then was not like that. The only raids you got to beta test were the ones you were invited to. Um, and the beta test, the one raid we beta tested from what i remember was actually trial of creation uh which was a huge turning point in that expansion but uh all the mechanics were turned off um so if you know that raid you have to make the items and turn them into the guy but when we did that trial none of the items dropped and that was like the raid leader the the, sorry the the developer his name was prathen and prathen was really kind of known for this where he would not put any of the mechanics in beta so anytime there was a Prathen raid, like we knew, okay, when this goes live, of course, down the road, we didn't know this in Underfoot, but down the road, we knew if it was a Prathen raid, we knew that something was going to be added to it because he never put the full raid on beta. So the only raid we saw was, from my recollection, the only number raid we saw was Trial of Creation, and it really wasn't even 
helpful because none of the mechanics were active. Um, but outside of that, we had no real knowledge of any of those raids. We did them all on the fly. Okay, wow. And you guys ultimately, did you guys win or did Triality win underfoot? No, we won underfoot. Come on. You won underfoot? So don't how did be, feel? You know that? the answer to that question. Don't be, don't be, <laughs> you knew the answer to that question. Come on. How did it feel getting like the, the first worldwide first? So we winning on was insane, but I mean, that whole expansion was crazy because I mean, it's just another one of these things where there's no, no reason why our guild who had no experience in live was competing. And really we started getting a worldwide first right in the first tier, um, you know, and, and seeing stuff like that is, it's just crazy to see, you know, a guild who was TLP a couple years ago, all of a sudden is getting top kills on new raids. Like if we look at, um, I want to say we were probably third or fourth on the Fippy raid. And I remember when we beat Fippy, I was in server-wide Monk and server-wide Paladin, which was two server-wide channels that I liked being in. And we linked the kills, and all of a sudden, like, people from CT and Triality and you know, all these other guilds are like, who the hell are you guys, like, beating these raids? And then it was just it was kind of crazy, because I think we were second in um, the, uh, that, not, not, not Archicrex, but the other one. And I want to say we were first on the Beast. Um, and that caused a lot of like drama when we beat the Beast because everyone thought we you know, did some bullshit. But really, our strategy was we had the Rangers use Weapon Shield to tank the ads at the end. And then we just burned down the big guy and killed the ads. I mean, we didn't do any rock tanking or any crazy stuff like, you know, Triality did. I mean, let's just be honest. Um, but yeah, no, we just we were just smart with our strats and went from there. And I think we swept pretty much the rest of tier one except for breath i think triality beat us on breath but we got the rest of tier one um but what was crazy about that is a lot of those raids were just completely bonk um like the the badger 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 mushroom mushroom raid you literally couldn't beat it like it was physically impossible like a dev literally admitted afterwards like oh the script never would have actually worked it was broken to begin with and that was a lot of underfoot raids where you had to just figure out how to break the script to get it to work uh but yeah so we beat um tier one first and that was really our first like tier win and then from there like people really started taking it seriously um i want to say we beat click our queen i think a solid week maybe even 10 days before the second guild beat it um, so, you know, we, we had a pretty good jump on tier one, which was, again, just crazy. And that's a lot of times, too, when you when you start winning raids, then you get more recruits from other guilds. So seeing these first come out uh, was a, a real big stepping stone for our recruiting power, too. Yeah, at that point, once you start getting those those first ones, it's like you start to smell blood in the water a little bit, right? You're like, oh, shit, like this is this is real now. It's not just like a chance. Like it's fucking happening. Yeah, you know, beating... Fippy like fourth or fifth is one thing, but then when you beat Beast a week before anybody, and then you beat, you know, Clicknar Queen a week before anybody, all of a sudden now you're you're taking a lot more seriously as a threat. Um, and I want to say before those raids, I don't think the big guilds at the time really thought we were anything. Uh, but after that happened, they they realized that you know, oh, we got a player in this expansion now. Did you see a huge influx in apps and interest in the guild once you guys uh, won underfoot overall? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, you're the top dog now. You know, once we beat Underfoot, you know, we were top dog. And that made recruiting easier. That made people want – we were the destination now. Um, there's always people who wanted to be in kind of the underdog spot, which 
you know, we were the underdogs for underfoot, but everything past underfoot, we were not the underdogs at all. We were quite the opposite. Right. Now, did people say like, oh, it was a fluke, that kind of thing, just after your first win? Yeah, a lot of people thought even tier one in underfoot was a fluke. Um, we kept hearing that from Charlie and CT and, you know, the other guilds at the time. But, you know, it's just because we were new. You know, it's like if a, a brand new, you know, boxer comes on the scene and beats Floyd Mayweather, yeah, it's probably a fluke. But, you know, unfortunately, you know, we we weren't a fluke. Well, fortunately, sorry, we weren't a fluke. So were you were you guys nervous going into House of Thule? Did you feel like you were going to be okay or, or were you worried about defending the title? I want to say the one thing we had over other guilds is that we were like excited to defend our title. Um, you know, there wasn't really that attrition that a lot of guilds get. Um, yeah. The only thing we got was better during House of Full because after Underfoot was in farm, we really went on a crazy recruiting pitch. We got some really good players in um, and it really solidified the, the whole the guild in whole. Um, so yeah, we were really excited for House of Full. That was the, you know, to prove it that we weren't just, you know, one time, one and done, you know, one hit wonders, you know, so uh, we really went focused. So I think that was, the, that's part of the advantage we had too, is we never had that attrition that other guilds had because they were farming for years and years and years. We now are champions. We want to defend our title and everyone was just super excited about it. And, and so, and then you get new people in, a lot of the old underfoot guards stayed on board. You know, we didn't really have a crazy amount of attrition, which is really a part of the reason for success in those expansions as well. I mean, obviously you lose, you know, people here and there, but you know, you hear of some guilds losing 30, 40 people, you know, wow. during a cycle, you know, we maybe lost 10 and probably brought in 20 who were, you know, arguably better than the 10 we lost, you know? So right. when you, when you do that, you know, you win expansions and that's, you know, kind of, kind of been what our, um, what we've been doing. Something about that motivation, that passion, you know what I mean? Like you can't fake it. You can't force it. But when it's there, it's like unbeatable. Yeah, no. And that's, that's actually one of the things that, um, you know, really even to today, the guild still has that, you know, we want to be the best, you know, we, we're going to do everything we can to shave, you know, 10 seconds off of this raid. Cause that's kind of what raids are now is, you know, who can, shave 25 seconds off of this event to be the first one to do it um so it's, it's a lot different in the live game now than it was say let's stay back in underfoot or even expansions after underfoot yeah how do you feel about the change kind of in direction everquest has had where it's gone from like an expansion comes out and there's like weeks as people try to grind through it versus now like they drop an, a, a third of an expansion in 30 minutes in it's done and the, the winner is won by 15 seconds or 80 seconds you know what i mean how, how do you how do you feel about that i'm personally not a big fan of it but i understand that the business side of it where they want the content to be accessible to everybody right the start and you know hiding content behind flagging you know maybe wasn't popular for a lot of people who couldn't complete the flagging in the, as fast as you know possible um i don't I don't like how races are won now by, you know, who gets a less laggy instance, um, you know, and who can, you know, zone out faster. Uh, you know, those, those criteria really shouldn't be what determines the best skill. But unfortunately, you know, that is what determines the best skill now. And, and, and being fully honest, if they went back to the old way of doing it, RY would still win. You know, I don't think there's much competition for the guild. And there probably won't ever be, if we're being honest. Right. But, but 
it would be a much more interesting race. But like you get to watch it over days and weeks. You know what I mean? It's like watching a show versus like watching a YouTube short. You know what I mean? And I think that's what made Honor for so interesting is because the race was literally every day for months and months and months. You know, raid would be beat by these guys, by these guys. And, and now it's like, oh, okay, 18 guilds beat all three raids day one or whatever it is now. And it, it's just not as exciting, I don't think, because there's no race component to it anymore. It's, again, now instead of racing over a marathon, it's now a sprint for the you know three raids to get done as fast as you can, which, you know, Ultimately, the goal is to win races, and that's still what the guild's doing, and you know that's still what they're going to do. I think until the servers close, you know, um, but it's just the races are a little different now than they used to be. Yeah, well, I hope that they'll eventually turn the tide and, and go back. I don't know that I think they will, but I, I hope they they do that because, like, I mean, just imagine like the margins are so thin right now. Imagine losing a race because of your fucking raid leader's power went out for for a minute, right? Or like. You know, it's just something stupid like that. But that's the reality that you could you could legit face uh, with the current set of uh, uh, raid meta, you know? No, that is the actual reality because if you get a laggy instance, you're going to lose that raid. And I, I want to say there was maybe um, something like that happened this year where ROI yeah, just Yeah, ROI got, got, got second place in the, the second content release, but overall won the expansion. You know, it's also stupid in my opinion how they do like three three releases for one expansion. Yeah, I, it's absolutely absurd. And you know, and again, the only the, the laggy instance being the determining factor between who wins and doesn't win is is absolutely absurd. Um, and that, that's another thing I don't really like that either. I think they're working on the lag right now, but I, I don't know. I just think it's again, I think it's kind of dumb that an instance being a good instance or bad instance can determine who wins a tier or wins a raid, especially when everybody gets the starting line at the same point. Now there's no way to actually widen your gap like uh you know in house of full you could split raid or you know in voa we actually like would raid at four in the morning to get days off of our raids you know um you can't do that anymore um so there is no more it's just everyone logs in same time hope you get a good instance boom execute what you've done on beta for the last six months or six weeks sorry uh you know so again different race but you know at the end of the day the goal is winning races and that's what roi is going to do and continue to do yeah new new meta Everyone in the guild has to live in San Diego. <laughs> yeah, I guess I thought you could rent a house for a week. <laughs> send well, everybody I, mean, out. I guess if if you're Silent Redemption, like three at least three of your members are in San Diego, right? They're in the they're in the building. Yeah, three of them. Three of them are in the building at least. Maybe more. Who knows? Yeah, they got some good. <laughs> they got a real good connection over there yeah, in the fucking crazy. Dark Paw yeah. headquarters. It's like they know those raids down to the code it's insane yeah <laughs> i can't wait to to get the fucking emails after that okay <laughs> well, i don't so, play anymore so i can talk as much shit as i want so that's the best part right yeah they're gonna send a hit squad to get me <laughs> miko i'm sorry all right but um so really you guys still had some something to prove for a while and when when did you get to the point where like people had to say finally okay this is like this is the new normal. ROI is, is the top dog. No one's gonna easily come out and, sh- and and beat them, and the gap is huge. Well, even after we beat House of Full first, um, you know that's people still were like, oh, whatever. They're still a drip in the pan. Like a lot of guilds, like Triality and CT, like they knew we were good, but I don't think they really respected how good we were um, until I went and got all their best players to come to my guild, uh, our guild, sorry. Um, so after we beat Hustle Thul, we went on a 
so after House of Thought ended, I actually became a uh, guild leader. Um, so for VOA, that was like, and my goal for VOA was I wanted to make the best raid roster that had ever been put together in the history of EverQuest. And I want to say like I did it. Pre- Honestly, I'm being honest, our VOA roster was absolutely stacked. I mean, we had just from top to bottom some of the best players to ever play this game in every class. I mean, our VOA roster was absolutely stacked. I, I mean, it was just incredible. And you could see just how much we dominated VOA. Um, the whole cycle, we lost one raid, and every other raid we beat hands down. And the only reason why we lost one raid is uh, Triality. I'm going to give props to Corkin and their team here. They did a 3 in the morning raid to get a quicker cycle of their books to cut a day off of their lockouts. So they got to tier two a night before we did. So they were able to go beat beast domain, but unfortunately for triality, they were not able to beat the other two raids. So ultimately it just didn't do anything for them except for to take away our clean sweep. Um, That's spicy though. I like that. They did that. It was spicy, and I was like, oh, damn. So we actually started doing that uh, going forward uh, until they took kind of keying away. But, yeah, we were like, oh, damn, well, this is the meta. You know, we're going to evolve. Um, so we started doing the four in the morning raids, which it, it's always funny because those always ended up being our best raids. No one missed emotes. Nobody was late. It was just those are always the best raids. Everyone just wanted to one-shot them and get them out. Um, if you're going to wake yeah, up no. at 4 a.m., you're like, you better not fuck up, right? Like, <laughs> no one wants to be here right now. Get it done. Exactly, and to try into the point of VOA, that Rubeka Psycho raid was was actually pretty hard, um, and it just destroyed Torality, um when they tried it that first night. And the other raid, which I want to say was Resplendent Temple, was bugged, um, so you couldn't miss the emo if you were in the towers; otherwise, it would wipe. Um, so you literally had to be perfect in the towers, um, and so we were perfect in the towers. We were able to beat it the first night we were in there. Uh, it ended up getting patched later to where you could fail an emote and not wipe, but uh, you know the day it came out, it was just, it was bugged. Uh, which, if you are in these races, you realize a lot of these raids come out pretty bugged, and you just have to learn how to like uh, overcome bugs rather than content sometimes. And that's yeah. kind of what uh, what rating these before they get fixed kind of is. But yeah, no props to Cork, and I got to give uh, Triality credit. You know they they came at us in VOA, but unfortunately you know, they fell a little short and. You know, after Dunn's tier three or tier four, whatever um, the last tier was came out, we just pulled away. I don't think anybody even came close after that. Now, back then, if you, and still to this day, I think, right? Like, if you got into a fresh raid and you wiped, you didn't get a, a timer though, right? You could just keep, if you had the, the wherewithal, you could stay there 12 hours that day, wiping over and over and over again, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised that they didn't just do that. You know what I mean? Like... So I wasn't in their raid, obviously, but from what I understand, I think they raided a solid six, eight hours that night to try to get their raids down, and they just they just couldn't do it. They just started people logging off, or you'd have to ask them. I don't know, but yeah, we were definitely not on um, that server doing who all triality scene was only were in for the whole time to see what they were up to, um, to trying to see where we yeah. were at. <laughs> we definitely, definitely were not doing that. Yeah, I'd be doing that. I'd be like doing everything you can to get any like a little piece of info. Oh, I 100% was out there doing that. Yeah, we were the whole yeah. time. We were oh, they're stuck in Resplendent. Oh, they're stuck in Ruback. And we knew they didn't beat it. Otherwise, they'd be talking smack. Right, um, right. And since there was no smack to be talked except for that one raid, 
you know, it was funny. I really think them doing that really pissed us off because when we got to that tier, like the raise, we just like we never went through a resplendent temple where we didn't fail an emo. Like that was unheard of. And all of a sudden, we're doing it without failing emo. It's like Trality has really pissed us off there in, in that tier. And I think that was you know. So thank you for that. Um, but yeah, no. We, then we ended up crushing the rest of the VOA after that. That's right, man. Rising to the occasion, have that clutch play. And there's um, always little uh, little things you had to do, and you know every expansion, whoever was our second tier or second place, or who would, there was always like the you know a thing that should have happened, like a guild should have beat us, but you know they wiped on the last raid, or you know it, it's just little things, and you know you, when you win, you win, and that's kind of what uh, the guild just has been doing ever since we became a live guild is win. That's been my experience too. Um, like any anytime you win anything where a lot of people are competing, there's just like a thousand people who. We're, we're gonna get you but insert excuse here right like every every guild every person faces more or less the same adversity and the guild that wins found a way to not get stopped by random bullshit and the people who lose were not flexible or didn't think about it in advance or they just couldn't overcome the random little shit that pops up yeah of all of our expansion wins there's very few times where a guild you know had no chance of beating us like underfoot we handily won underfoot um house of thule you know we could have lost house of thule triality actually beat event five in discord tower before we did uh we, we knew about the bugged instance or not sorry the bug of the raid where you just had to kill all the ads at the exact same time but we couldn't execute um and then we logged in the next night and thankfully it was corrected but i mean even if it wasn't you know I, i'm pretty confident we would have did it so let's say they beat event five and stay on to be six or seven. You know, they could have beat us that expansion. Now, but, you know, they were not able to execute VOA. Nobody was touching us a VOA. I'm really confident in that. Um, Reign of Fear. We could have lost Reign of Fear because of how they did the raids. The raids cannot like tiered or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I want to get props to MS right now. They actually had a little better strat than us in tier one. They got all the so back then the races didn't open you had to like do all the quests and their quest team actually was a lot faster than ours but once we got into the raids we actually just were able to raid a lot faster than they were and then um you know, they actually raided at three in the morning on that last raid to try to get an expansion win from us but they just fell a little short too so when that was an expansion we could or maybe that was called forsaken i kind of get those ones that was called forsaken i'm sorry i'm getting those a little mixed up but it's just um you know, every everything here or there could have happened, but you know, we just always found a way to win. So, so um, you mentioned that in, in House of Thule, you became the guild leader. You took over from Swag, right? Yeah, that's correct. Do you know how long Swag had been the guild leader? Like he took over from Zygon, who was like the classic leader. So I'm not a hundred percent positive, but I believe Swag became guild leader once. ROI came to Drizzle and I think Zygon and that he might have been guild leader before that. I'm I'm really not sure, but he was the guild leader when I joined ROI, and I believe he was the guild leader for um, the live merge. But I'm not positive. I wasn't. Um, I wasn't there. And so, well, while you were there, he was the guild leader for maybe like another year and a half, two years. Yeah, he was the leader for Underfoot, and then right until House of Full ended. So after we beat House of Full. Uh, he retired, and, and then I uh, took over as leader. Okay, and uh, what do you think of him as a as a guild leader? 
Uh, you know, Swag and I have had our drama, uh, being honest. Um, there was a couple drama stories between us. Uh, I can clearly air right now. I don't have any hard feelings against them um, at the time, you know, maybe. But again, uh, you know, when we first started this, I always talked about there's all these one in a million things that kind of have happened. Uh, and one of the things that could have happened is, you know, in Underfoot, uh, there was actually a, a time where I was ready to leave ROI to join Triality. Um, and I actually reached out to them and their recruiter at the time had no idea who I was. And I remember, Shit. yeah, I remember saying to, um, I, I forget exactly who it was, but I was like, if their recruiter doesn't know who is essentially an officer and what is their biggest competition, like Disco doesn't have, Disco doesn't have their shit together. Like if any triality officer reached out to me, they would have been in ROI the next day. Um, right. You, you know, be and, like, how can I make this happen? Like, right. It, it, exactly. Exactly. But you know, they weren't really aware who I was. And I still bust Corkin's uh, balls about this today. I mean, I literally, the other day, I literally just mentioned him on Facebook and said, remember that time you could have had me, but you didn't because you're a dumbass. And, you know, so we, we kind of make jokes about it now, but it was just one of those things. Like what if, what if I go to triality, you know, what could've, if could have flipped the whole thing? I, I mean, you, you never know. I don't want to say that I'm the only reason why ROI is being successful. I mean, I'm, I'm highly confident they could have still went on and been successful with or without me, but you know, you never know. Um, but yeah, so we, we had a little run in swag and I um, over, uh, over, I don't want to air any dirty laundry, um, but we had a run in during that expansion where I ended up getting guild removed and I was not happy with that. Um, so I was ready to bounce, but uh, instead, you know, they didn't know who it was basically. So swag and I made up and then uh, we went from there. Uh, swag, at the time was what Raymond Sane needed though. He was, you know, kind of a, you know, we're going to do it this way, this way, this way. We're going to get everything done. We're going to be the best. If you have a problem with it, get the fuck out. I mean, that's kind of what he was. And that's really what ROI needed at the time. And then I want to say, you know, after HOA, maybe I was kind of what ROI needed at the time. You know, I'm more of a, a people person. I got, you know, maybe better people skills, um, you know, good at recruiting I'm, I'm good at conflict resolution you know so a little more level-headed maybe so i was kind of what ro needed at the time and then you know once i was stepped down and or left in reign of fear whatever expansion it was you know aldrin took over and aldrin was what ro needed at the time you know you know very slimmer to me but better than me in many ways you know aldrin's like a great dude and you know he's gonna do great things and he's continuing to do great things uh, you know i think he'll probably leave this guild to serverwide first until this server's closed you know and i i i have nothing but respect for aldrin and the live team right now and you know i i consider them all friends and i love pretty much everybody who's in the guild so no it's just it's just one of those things where you know you, you never know if their recruiter who i'm not going to name because she knows who she is and she's probably gonna listen <laughs> to this and and kick herself that i'm talking smack about her but you know if she knew who i was you know maybe i go over and you know maybe you know we we don't i mean i think i think ROI still would have won underfoot because you know at that time we had beaten brell and no one else had been close so i don't think that would have mattered but you know what happens past i mean so you, you never really know but i do like to, to bust corkin's chops about the what ifs um yeah it's just that one of those things that you know who knows what if happens different what happens you know I mean, the, the the reality is you grab one person and then suddenly like their three friends join, you know what I mean? And each of those friends has a, another friend that, that might come and it, it really quickly becomes like a flood 
that can just like totally break a guild. No, there or was at least weaken them. No, no bullshit. There was at least six people who were ready to come with me, and they were all like my close friends. And you know, it, it would have been crazy if it had happened. And, and you know, and maybe they wouldn't have came. I mean, you really don't know. But at the time, they're like, "Yeah, f- let's go." You know, this is bull bullshit. Like, what, this he shouldn't have done that. You know, right? But and ultimately, and like- my my goal always had been uh, to try to keep as much drama and try to keep everybody kind of on the same page. And yeah. You know, so once they really kind of pissed me off by not knowing who I was, I was like, all right, well, maybe we need to just reconcile and, and just get this expansion win and we can fix everything afterwards. And, and you know, and we did. And, and for House of Thole, we had a little drama as well. Um, God, it feels weird talking about it. Well, yeah, we we kind of, I'm not proud of what we did. Um, I think it was necessary. Um, so basically what was happening was, we weren't really being allowed to raid. Um, Swag had gotten a new job, so he was ending our raids early. And it, it was really pissing a lot of us off because, you know, we were like, you can just kind of let us raid in. You don't got to make us log off. So Phil fans actually contacted Zygon, who was the founder of ROI, and he actually petitioned to get Swag removed as guild leader. And they actually passed guild leader to me, and that caused all this drama. But I ended up... Uh, smoothing it over and, and passing it back to swag so we can finish the expansion and then and then shortly after the expansion um swag retired and, and then i took over from there but you know i got a lot of drama and I, but you know after that i try to keep it as drama free as i possibly could i think that was one thing i was good at um but you know not perfect at it and then i know obviously you can't never have drama but um yeah no that was it's just one of those crazy things that uh, you know who knows, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it really is. I mean, like six people, losing six people probably wouldn't have killed ROI, but Triality was fucking good at the time and adding six people from ROI to Triality might have turned that close House of Thule to, to lean the other direction, you know what I mean? And if you heard the story about uh, Triality, why they think they'd lost uh, House of Thule, you know, basically like Mendix kind of inadvertently fucked them over. And it's like you win that one expansion and who knows how it goes the rest of the way. Suddenly that that uh, streak, the endless streak of wins that ROI has produced suddenly for one brief moment in time is just a fluke. You know what I mean? You go back to I, I it's mean, like yeah, literally exactly. the second time on 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 a home plate swinging the bat. And it's just like, who knows where things would have gone? It's, so, it's such a crazy time to look back at that that moment versus now where it seems like everything is ironclad and unchangeable. Yeah, I also don't have that high of opinion of myself that I would have personally changed the entire course of, of EverQuest history. But, uh, you know, you really never know. Because um, like you said, you know, let's say I go to trial and I start recruiting for them and all the people I got to come to ROI come to trial instead. I mean, you know, let's say I'm in trial and then I can't recruit from trial because I'm I'm there. I mean, so you never really know. Uh, but, you know, it's just, again, it's just like we talked when this started. It's just all these one in a million things happen to, to get me in the role, to get me in the guild and to get the guild where it is. And, you know, ultimately winners find a way to win and, and that's what I'm about. And that's what the guild's about. So. So what was it like, um, when you found out triality was, was closing their doors? what do you think? Bittersweet. Um, you know, we competed with them for a long time. I consider them a, a good competitor, but you know, never want to see a guild fail especially in the live game because they're you know a failing guild is never a good sign uh for the game longevity uh but you know didn't want to see him fail but 
ultimately they were a competitor for a long time. So, you know, no hard feelings between them, but it was, it was sad, uh, but also, you know, kind of not sad at the same time. Yeah. I mean, like the day before your competition dies, you're like, fuck those guys. I can't wait for that guild to die. And then when you log in and you hear that they died the next day, you're like, it feels a little bit emptier. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause they really were our biggest kind of like, and and I don't want to, at the time we really didn't take Crinotemis too seriously, even though they were, you know, good. Um, but you know, so triality actually dying kind of made our biggest competition. I want to say maybe Mashin Shin, maybe CT. I mean, I don't know. Every expansion, someone else tried to come at us, but um, no, that was bittersweet. And, and I want to give, you know, again, major props to Corkin for like coming at, coming to us and be like, Hey, I want to just come over and like Ray with y'all. I know you got a lot of my friends and, you know, it t- took a lot of, um, I don't know what the exact word is, but you know, to swallow your pride like that and, and to, to admit you want to come join what you had kind of blamed for destroying what you've been working for so hard. I, I think took a lot from him and, and I'm really glad he did it. Cause like I said, Corcoran is my guy and I, you know, really happy to have met him and i'm glad he finally came over and again it's just so funny because if we had talked at all during those years we were competing you know i mean who knows we probably would have been even better friends but you know it happened the way it happened and you know everything happens for a reason you know yeah yeah i mean that's the thing about corkin is like corkin the character that, that you see on the website is cocky he's arrogant you know what i mean he's like a swashbuckler a little bit but corkin the the guy is super humble and that's why he's able to to come over like that you know yeah, I mean, I if roles were reversed, I don't think I could have did what he did, and that's, I give him a lot of props for that. Yeah, me I'm either. I mean, pissed that he stole my he stole my house plot. He was the only way he'd come over was he got my freaking house plot, but I let him have it because whatever. Yeah. Um, man. So yeah, that that must have been like cool, but sucks at the same time. So, what expansion was the last one that you led ROI? Oh. I want to say one of the Kunark ones, maybe. Like Empires of Kunark or Ring of Scale, TBL. Did you did you do uh, Miratus with them? I did Miratus, but I want to say I was an officer for Miratus. Um, hmm. So I, we had some some drama again. I said I'd like to avoid drama, but unfortunately, there was some drama, and I ended up leaving our wife for a little bit, and I Whoa. joined. Yeah, no, I, I left ROI. We joined, uh, me and my wife went and joined Inverse Logic. And then we went to Crinitemis after that. And you know, I, I want to give props to both of those guilds for, for uh, letting us come over. And I, I want to say on the record, there was never any ill intent. I never went there to try to recruit your people. We really were just trying to find a place to enjoy and just kind of get away from everything. But, you know, unfortunately, rating again gave us a bug and, and you know we just wanted to get back to to roi and, and again i i want to say on the record thank you to those guilds for letting me come over i had a great time it was so fun being with you guys um please know everything we did nothing was malicious but at the end of the day you know we just needed to go home and it was nothing against either of you guilds you guys are both great i love both of you guys um so I, again i just want to clear it up you know and, you know, we ended up going back for, I want to say it was Ring, Burning Lands. Ring, I actually, I don't, I don't really remember the exactly which expansion it was, but um, so then Aldrin kind of took over. 
I kind of stepped back. But um, then when I came back, I you know was a member for a little bit. I kind of got the bug that wanted to do a little more than I was doing. So um, maybe a few months later, after all the kind of like the drama had phased out and we kind of all became friends again, I got promoted up back to officer, which is cool. I just kind of got to recruit and kind of like alter and deal with the drama, which was, you know, was fine. Um, and then uh, I think it was called Terror of Lickland was the last expansion I played. I didn't play in the new one really at all. I yeah, don't yeah. know what it's called. But yeah, no, so Aldrin has kind of been running the ship here for the last few expansions. He's been doing a great job, and, you know, I think he's was the perfect guy to take over for me. So, you know, again, it's just kind of like Swag was the perfect guy at that time, and I was probably the perfect choice for when I took over, and I think Aldrin was the perfect choice when he took over. And I think he'll probably lead the ROI until it's uh, the servers are no longer making content, if I'm being honest. So I I get the sense that this might be something you don't want to go too much into, but like, were you were you ousted? Was it drama that pushed you out of the guild, or like, you know what I mean? I left on my own. Um, I you know I didn't really want to get too into it, um, but again, like my, my whole goal was to avoid drama, and unfortunately, I caused a shit ton of it, um, and you know I did what I did and. I'm sorry if it offended people, but you know, at the end of the day, I would probably do it again. And that's why Aldrin needed to be leader. Cause, um, you know, I was just at that time, too many people had lost trust in me to make unbiased calls or, um, you know, but again, you know, I, I did not mean to hurt anybody. I was just, you know, doing what I thought was right. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad we had smoothed it over and got back to where we can all be cool and, and friends again. Um, but again, I, I never meant to to hurt anybody. I was just trying to do what I thought was right. So you're saying that um, I could join ROI one day, right? And I could get kicked out twice and still potentially be the guild leader. No, I don't think I'll ever be guild leader or even want to be guild leader again. Um, <laughs> and I was never kicked out. I left on my own. I want to be crystal clear about that. What, what about the first one, though? Oh, I guess your swag got me, yeah. Okay. I've yeah. So, do you ever like w- during your tenure as guild leader, you ever like kick someone and think like this guy now has uh, part of the resume to take over this place one day? <laughs> no, because I remember how super pissed off I was when I got kicked out for no reason. That if I ever moved somebody, it was because they were no longer going to be in the guild. Um, it wasn't. I would never remove anybody for fun. Maybe once or twice, but I, I knew how serious people took as I took it seriously. So that was something I didn't do unless it was like really called for. Yeah. Now from just from talking to you, I, I get a sense that you had to deal with a lot of what I call the drama tax, um, which is like just like the cumulative um, exhaustion that you get, the fatigue you get from dealing with like whiny little man children every day who cry about shit that doesn't matter. And they just fucking like DM you at midnight at 4am at like right before raids, right after raids. And it just never ends. And there's because there's so many people that you're in charge of, like they might only cry to you once a week, but it's it's every single day for you. Yeah, I don't think anyone who hasn't done it really understands how how thankless and how challenging it is to lead a guild. Um, you know, so for basically nine or ten years, I want to say I led ROI, and for those nine or ten years to to keep the unit cohesive and together, I mean, it was not a small feat. And again, I. I don't sit here and say that I think I'm the best. I don't think I'm the best. Um, I think I tried really hard. I think I worked really hard. Um, I don't think I'm above anybody or anything like that. But, you know, 
relatively drama free, except for, you know, when your drama can be little to, uh, you know, putting five fingers up and you can name the five biggest dramas over 10 years, I think you've done pretty well. And that kind of was where we are at is, you know, there was expansion. So we didn't have any drama expansion, but there was some drama. You're always going to get petty people because when you get really competitive people, uh, they all want to be the best. So, you know, you get a berserker complaining that they got a bar they didn't like or, you know, oh, so just God. dealing with these petty squabbles for years and years and years and years and years and years and years, which most people have no idea what's going on behind the scenes. Um, you know, yeah, it, it, it absolutely wears on you. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it definitely, definitely wears on you. Um, and that was another thing too, you know, you know, becoming an officer and kind of letting Aldrin handle most of that took a lot off my plate too. But the craziest thing is, even though it's so thankless and it's so unrewarding, uh, it still was super rewarding and you, and you miss it. Like there's so many times where I'm just like, Oh man, remember during this expansion where he was having this fight and he was so mad. And so even though, you know, it's a thankless job, and it's, you know, it, it is really, it's something you look back on fondly, I'd say. Your mind tricks you, man. Your mind tricks you. It's like, I think back on basic training and I'm like, man, that was such a fun time. I wish I could go back, but I, I guarantee it would suck. Um, you just like, for some reason, the, the good times stick with you a, a lot. You know what I mean? And like, I can remember the bad times of guild leading, but I don't feel the feeling, but I feel I can feel all those expansion wins. You know what I mean? I can I could put myself in that space and like I can feel triumphing triumphing over a competition and everyone being hyped up. And right after an expansion win is great because like when you're making strategies and you're directing how the expansion will go, a lot of times people like doubt you. You know what I mean? You're like, dog, I've done this like for 10 years now. And um the the day of the expansion win, everyone trusts you like a hundred and like a, a thousand percent. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I, I don't want to say it's like Stockholm syndrome or whatever, but you definitely, when you think about it, you think about all the highs, and then like you really got to dig into like all the bullshit, kind of like drama. Yeah, but yeah, no, I, I mean, I can literally when I think of like all of our like wins we shouldn't have had, or first time wins, or expansion wins, like those are what come and pop into my head, and then the drama bullshit is this kind of like off to the side, like you don't really think about it. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously it's there, but you know. You don't really think about it at the time and looking back on it, you know, you really try to think of more of the fun stuff than the drama or the things I, that weren't good, you know. I had this guy um, in my guild, just like you were talking about with the group composition shit, uh, that drives me insane. But I had this guy, he was a monk, and he was crying to me about how he was going to take a break because he didn't have a, a bard. I forget if it was a bard or a shaman in his, in his group this particular raid. And I went back to every single raid because we save we save the raid roster for every raid we ever do. So we know who was in what group with who forever on the whole history of the guild. And I went back like six months and I was like, dude, in the last like two expansions, because obviously like three month expansions on TLP, I was like, in the last two expansions, there have been like three or four times that you didn't have a shaman and a bard in your group. And you're going to take a break because of that. And I was just like, don't like you're not taking a break. You're fucking out. Stop being a pussy. No, and that's the stuff you deal with every day. Um, as a raid leader and, and as good leader, every single day you get those complaints. And, and that's one thing I, I did too, is I always had really good raid leaders. Um, you know, shout out to Sadavo, shout out to Bloody Dagger, shout out to Aldrin. You know, I, I really kind of let them handle the raids so I can handle all like the administrative and, and complaint kind of things. So, you know, neither of us got too overwhelmed. Um, and then we also would have the other officers doing, you know, their stuff too, just to keep the everything running cohesively. Um, 
So, you know, that, that was one thing I always did was try to have really, really strong raid leaders. Um, you know, and then, you know, when you're making your raid strats, you know, I'm, I tried to be integral. Puzzle raids were kind of like my specialty. I was really good at the puzzle raids. Uh, even like um, in Underfoot, Trial Creation, which probably was the most challenging puzzle raid ever put into the game. You know, that was a 100% um, me. I mean, I did all the combines. I made spreadsheets in Excel. You know, we even found like a little bug. I don't know if you remember EQ players, but there was a way you can go into EQ players and type an item number in and it'll tell you what the item name was, even if it wasn't discovered yet. So we kind of figured out like what items were good and what items were bad. And that trial creation too, like, um you've done so you have to build the six items or whatever but there's like fake items you can build like that you think are real items so the whole thing was just like a complete troll um but yeah puzzle raids have always been my jam um so you know with the puzzle raids i'd I'd get a little more involved with strat but you know typically i'd kind of let the raid leaders run the raid and i would kind of run the guild and that's just kind of was successful for us and and not having too much on one person i think also kind of alleviates that you know because i can't imagine dealing with all the complaints and also trying to lead raids like that, that would have just been crazy. Um, so that's why I always make sure I just had a, a really strong raid leader. And, and those three guys um, over the years, again, I want to give them shout outs. Absolutely incredible. Um, you know, couldn't have done it without them. They know that everyone knows that. Um, we are really, really thankful for them and excited that they're continuing to rock it today. Sorry about that. I had a little technical difficulty. Uh, do you know if Aldrin is still leading raids while he's the guild leader, or is he has he let the other guys handle that mostly? I believe he still leads raids and he leads the guild. And what's crazy about Aldrin is he does it on two guilds. He's, he also does the same like thing for the uh, front of E guild called Fahala, where he leads that guild and leads those raids too. So this dude, I mean, he's absolutely insane. Um, you know, bleeds bleeds EverQuest. Um, I, I I could not do what he does. I don't know how he leads two guilds and not only leads them, but leads them both successfully. You know, just insane. Yeah, is is his name on on FV uh, Aldrin as well? Spelled a little differently, maybe? I think he's Zulak or something on FV. I'm not 100% sure. I should probably know that, though. Was he a, was he a, a like a bard, a Vashir bard or something? He's a Vashir Bard in ROI. I believe he's a Beast Lord on FE. So kind of like a crazy story. Back before I, I made my first guild ever in EverQuest, well, this is probably like 2010. Yeah, it was definitely like 2010. I was I was playing on uh, Fronavi and some other servers, and I wanted to start a guild on, on the server and make it the top guild. You know what I mean? But I just hadn't... I had no chops. I had no idea what it would take. And I had a friend who was a Vashir bard named Aldrin. And, um, and I heard about Fippy and I was like, Hey, I'm going to go to, to Fippy and, uh, make a guild there because I can start like fresh and classic and have like, you know, on the ground floor kind of experience. And he was like, oh, I'm going to go join this big raid guild. And I was like, all right, man, well, you should come to Fippy with me, but I hope you're, you're good with your, your big raid guild. I just think it would be cooler to start your own guild and become the best rather than join the best guild. And, um, I, at the time I didn't know shit about what live guilds were top guilds. You know what I mean? And I, I always have wondered after I saw he became the guild leader of ROI, if that was the same dude that I talked to all those years ago. It might be because he's a Vashir bard right now in ROI. That's, that's his jam. So maybe uh, that's a question for him though. Yeah. 
I was back then I was like a froglock rogue named Zizek after like a Russian philosopher. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's crazy. I should, I should hit him up and ask, see, see if, uh, if that's the case. Cause it's just like such a small world. Did you, um, you listened to the Quarkin episode, right? Yeah, I did. Yes. You remember the part where I, I talked about the uh, ranger who told me he'd think about me when he was fucking his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, that episode came out and somebody hit me up on Twitch and there, it was like a guy who is like a regular viewer for my Twitch. Like, we, you know, we chat and stuff. And he's like, dude, I can't believe it. And he, he sent me a fucking screenshot. He's like, I just logged into my character. Here you go. And it's the, it's the goddamn Ranger. Like, how crazy is that? He's like, he's like, by the way, she's my wife now. <laughs> this game, man, you, oh, that kind of shit happens all the time. Yeah, like, it's, it's nuts. Like, just happenstance. 20 years later, he and I are, are chatting again. You know what I mean? It's, it's just crazy. Um, but yeah, it, it's wild. So um, at this point, you, you've said a few times, you think that ROI is going to hold the crown all the way to the end of EverQuest, right? I would be extremely surprised if they didn't. Why are you so confident in it? I just, because I've been part of it and I know the team that's there now are all lifers. And I just, I know what we're about. And I don't see it changing. Um, you know, you don't. So many people have now been in RI for so long that that's just, you know, they're just lifers. And, and you know, there's just people who are there care a lot about being the best and care a lot about winning. Um, and, you know, it's so many times we have won. It just, it doesn't seem possible that we'll ever lose. And I hope that we never do. What would it take? What would it take for another guild to come out of nowhere and, and beat you guys? the entire ROI retiring. <laughs> okay. So you guys are, are not sleeping on the competition. You're still going hard. Like you're hungry. Like you, you play like you're the underdog still. Well, yeah, we're constantly evolving. Um, like I said, every time the meta changes, we want to beat the meta. Um, you know, so when the meta was rating at three in the morning, we rated three in the morning when the meta was being online at three o'clock when all the raids unlocked, we were online at three o'clock when the meta was, being the fastest group to unlock the raids, you needed to get all the group missions done. We got all the group missions done. The meta was split rating, you know, in House of Fool. I mean, so whatever was required to be the best that is constantly what we're doing. And we have constantly evolved to make sure we are constantly the best. And, you know, and Aldrin is super smart. Um, the officers are, are all really smart, really good. And I don't see that group of, of people letting ROI slide to not being the best in the game ever. Um, not to mention, I also don't really see I, I I don't see any other guild or group really being able to compete. Um, you know, it's ROI just has just such a talent advantage over from what I've seen. And again, no shade throwing at any other guild. Because um, I know if, you know, ROI does lose, they're going to probably clip this and meme me. But you know, I, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I mean, even, even guilds like Silent Redemption with like two or three devs uh, can't beat you guys, right? So... <laughs> allegedly there's devs in that guild i don't right allegedly <laughs> uh want to want to hear a fucking crazy story yeah of course um so there's a live guild who i i won't mention the name of that um basically had had a a staff member in the guild right and their guild leader asked the the dev like hey can you show me everybody in the guild who's using macroquest like do you guys have that information and the dev uh, gave him the information so they, they could get the information. But not only that, dude, he didn't just say like, oh, he, here are the players, right? 
he showed them right down to the the directory on their computer where they had it. You know what I mean? So, so if it's my, insane to me they have this data and they still let it go on. I don't know. Yeah, they have the data and they still let it go on. But also think about the fact that like like on on my computer, there's like a user's directory, right? And it splits it out into like everyone and then like my real name. Imagine that your MacroQuest file was like in in uh, users real name QLOS fucking MacroQuest, right? And then imagine a, a video game developer shared that with your guild leader. I'd be pretty pissed. Yeah, that, that it seems like off. it seems like something that is kind of like illegal. I mean, I'm not. I'm only an expert in bird law, okay? But I, I, <laughs> I get a fucking bad feeling about it. I get a real bad feeling about it, and. I know that this is a true story because I've seen the screenshots. Like I've seen the, the directory paths, you know what I mean? With, with all that shit. And uh, now think about the tactical advantage it gives you as a guild leader. If you know all the people who are using and you know that there's going to be a wave coming up before the next expansion and you could say, Hey, um, I know you're cheating. Fucking stop it. Otherwise you will not be able to be on day one raids because you'll be suspended. Well, if you're dumb enough to use it um, during a current expansion, then you should be banned. Um, you know, that's, I mean, I, I know when I was there, if you got caught using MQ, you, you're gone. I know they're still doing that today. And that's one thing I, I love about ROI is that they keep it clean, um, as clean as can be imaginable. Um, and right, I'm but there's a confident. lot of guilds that are not, they're not doing that, right? They're using it for a tactical advantage. I mean, I don't like to speculate. I know a lot of people talk shit about what they thought we did. Um, I don't, most of that is always false. Uh, but I can confidently say if they gave alternate lists of people, everyone on that list would be no longer in ROI. And, that, and that's one thing that I love about him and love about our guild. So, you know, we've always kept it as clean as we could. No, I, I definitely get that. I get the leadership mentality and everything. But let me let me tell you, dude, if, if uh, fucking Lance Armstrong got busted for using steroids... Top guilds in EverQuest are fucking using MacroQuest. It's the same, you know what I mean? And I'm not saying ROI is, but there's a lot of guilds that want to be number one. And if they are trying their best, and I believe some of them are really trying their best to beat you, they will do anything. And uh, that means cheating too. Well, not, I think again, be... the guild, I need to be totally clear. The guild I was talking about that I didn't name uh, was was not ROI. It was a guild that is like second or third place kind of finisher. Um so, yeah, I mean, just like there are people who are, are cheating for advantage and still losing. Um, and there is real shady shit happening with the, the the dev or two that are in those guilds kind of giving uh, information that should definitely not be shared. Well, I don't know anything about that, but I think it would be ignorant to sit here and say that not a single person in the history of ROI has not used MacQuest. I mean, we've caught many people gotten rid of them and i'm sure there's plenty of people who are using it and don't get caught you know it'd be ignorant to think that they're not using it um but it's you know it is frowned upon heavily in roi and that is one thing that um you know i was all about and i know that they're still about now so i I know they're not openly using it and anyone who is caught using it is you know no second chances i mean we've removed some really really good players for being dumb enough to get caught using it um you know so even though it's know has you know cost us really really good players it, it keeps our reputation and you know clean and that's uh ultimately you know we don't want a, any tainted wins because of you know an open macro quest user who we knew was using and we let him stay so you know i'm glad that we have continued to do that right and 
And I think of it as there's three tiers of, of guilds in how they interact with macro quests. You've got um, ROI, which is like an example of the lowest tier, right? Like if you find out about it, you kick the member promptly, right? Um, there's the middle tier of guild, which is like you you know that there are probably people in every guild who MQ. And um, if you find out about it, you maybe say, hey, don't do that. But you're not really busting anyone's balls about it. You just kind of accept it as part of the game. Then the third tier of guild is the guild that as part of the the administration of the guild, as part of the leadership planning effort and the the dynamic of the guild to to play EverQuest, they use MacroQuest. You know what I mean? Those are the three yeah. tier, tiers of guilds that you have. Unless you're like a strictly family guild, someone in your guild is using it. And you just do the best you can to mitigate it, to stop it, to, to find out and make sure it's not welcome. And that's the best kind of guild that you can really get. Well, I think the, the big difference in those tiers is I know every guild, if you go to the website and read their charter, they say, oh, we, we ban this, don't use MacroQuest. But I know from experience, uh, you know, we really mean it. Um, if we catch you, you're gone. Um, I can't confidently say every guild is doing that, but I can confidently say that we have and always have and always probably will yeah yeah definitely all right um this has been awesome this has been awesome kilos is there anything else you want to talk about uh you know honestly um you know i thank you for your time i had a really good time talking um you know got into a lot of things that brought back really fond memories got into a lot of things that brought back not so fond memories um (laughs) You know, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I've been playing this this goddamn game since sixth grade, um, you know, and up until the last year. This is like the probably the first full year I haven't even logged in to EverQuest, which seems insane to say, uh, you know, this game has been such a, a big, integral part of my life to where uh, even like in job interviews, I bring up the fact that, you know, do you have any management experience? Yeah, well, I managed a team of 65 people who had all kinds of backgrounds. So, I mean, I actually referenced that request in one of my first jobs I got, which was managing, a, you know, I had a catering company. We catered private airplanes. Um, and then my boss at the time was just, like, so, like, enamored with being able to do that. So, you know, I, I'm grateful for everything that the game has given me in terms of experiences, in terms of, uh, you know, qualities and you know, for all the, the time I've got to spend with, you know, all the people in, in this game and um, for all the friends I've made. And, you know, I met my wife in this game too, you know, so just, you know, just, I, I'm grateful for everything and um sad I'm not playing anymore, but also not sad at the same time. Uh, you know, I, I miss it sometimes, but then, you know, when you try to get back into it, you know, you don't really miss. I, I want to say the the game itself. You don't really miss. I think you miss more the people and the experience rather than actually like the pixels. If that makes any sense, because uh, yeah, you know, you know, the, I, I could the game really. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm not saying it's not fun. I'm just saying that I probably haven't had fun in it in the last couple couple of years. But what makes it fun is the people and the, and the experience. Um, so there's those three months every year that are fun. And then the rest of the year is dreadful, you know? Um, and you know, it sucks that that's what kind of MMOs are nowadays. And, um, you know, you just kind of s- supplement your MMO play with other games, I guess is what most people do. But, uh, no, I'm, I'm super grateful for everything this game has given me. I'm grateful for, um, you know, you allow me to come on today. I had a, a good time, you know, I'm sure there's there's more drama we can talk about next time. But, uh, you know, if there is a next time and if there isn't, that's fine, too. Uh, but no, I had a, a really good time and I want to thank everybody. Um, 
who's going to listen all 15 of you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, uh, no, this is great. Awesome. Can I tell you a hey. joke before we go? Yeah, please. All right. So there's three guys um, and they're sitting at a bar. The first guy goes, I think I'm the fastest man in the world. So they go out, he runs a hundred yard dash. They time it. They send this time to uh, get his world records. Second guy goes, I think I'm the tallest guy in the world. So he stands up, they measure him, they send him out this height to the Guinness World of World Records. Third guy goes, I think I have the smallest penis in the world. So they take a picture of it, they measure it, they send it to the Guinness World Records. A week later goes by, they all get their letters from the Guinness Book of World Records. First guy opens up the envelope. Congratulations, you are the fastest man in the world. Second guy opens up his envelope. Congratulations, you are the tallest man in the world. Third guy owns his envelope. Who the fuck is Corkin? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh we're going to have to have Corkin respond to that. <laughs> He's going to love that. <laughs> I, He is absolutely going to love that. I agree with you. But no, it's all love. Me and Corkin are really good friends. I love that guy. Um, no bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. All right. Is there anyone you want to give a shout out to before we wrap up? I shouted out a lot of people. Um, and uh, again, I want to just say um, over the years, I want to thank everybody who, um, you know, joined my guild and let me lead them. It was an honor. Um, thank you for putting up with me over these years. Thank you for dealing with my faults and helping me figure out what I was good at and helping me with my strengths. Um, thank you for, all the good times, all the bad times. Thank you guys for everything. Um, anyone who's currently in ROI who knows me, please, you're welcome to reach out to me anytime. I miss all of you guys. I'm always on Discord. You can reach me. You guys all know me there. Uh, probably never going to log into EverQuest again. Uh, but, you know, anything you want to say to me, I'm always open. Any questions, any comments, anything you guys want, you know, reach out to me. I'm, I'm always here for you guys. Uh, always love you guys. Um, and I always consider myself part of the guild, even though I'm not playing anymore. Kind of like you know, someone who graduated high school and still goes to all the high school games. You know, I still watch the Twitch streams that whenever they have them up and stuff like that. So no, I'm, I don't play, but I'm definitely invested in, in the guild because of just the sheer amount of time, effort, sweat, blood and tears that I put into it. Um, but no, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm really confident in their continued success and then I'm excited to see them going forward. Awesome. Hey, thanks for being on, uh, Kilos. This has been amazing. Really fun having you on. It was great getting to chat with you again because we haven't talked in a while and i will always remember you first and foremost as a faceless insanity officer (laughs) yeah for the three (laughs) weeks that i was in there (laughs) right all right drama quest out